Hi, everybody. This is Daniel Roebuck, and you are on Faith's Edge with my friend, Joe Taylor. Congratulations. You're probably the smartest person in the room. And when we have a wound, you have to bring it into the light, and then that's where the healing happens or begins to happen. It's a process, and you need people to help you with that. Well, hello. Thanks, Daniel Roebuck, for the introduction. I agree with Daniel. You are probably the smartest one in the room. Daniel is just releasing his new film, Getting Grace. This is a sweet, sweet, heartfelt movie. You can hear my conversation with Daniel at onfaithsedge.com slash 94. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 94. Welcome to the 95th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to contact me, I'm most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor. That's at 4JoeTaylor, F-O-R-J-O-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. I have a fun and emotional conversation coming up with Academy Award-nominated actor Jen Gotson Chandler about her life, her faith, and her new film, My Daddy is in Heaven. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? And the best way you can do that is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Jen Gotson Chandler had her breakout role playing President Nixon's daughter, Trisha in the five-time Oscar-nominated Frost Nixon. With two Oscar-nominated films under her belt playing historical characters, Trisha Nixon and Ron Howard's Frost Nixon, and Lydia in Alone Yet Not Alone, Jen is renowned for her uplifting, wholesome roles in films such as Doonby, God's Country, The Sacred Eternal, and Julie and Jack. In My Daddy's in Heaven, Jen stars as Becca Adams. Becca has an ideal young family, and with their lives ahead of them, Becca's husband dies in a tragic accident. Now she must reconcile why bad things happen to good people and find the strength to resist her demons and rediscover her faith. The film is based on the award-winning book inspired by author Rebecca Conover's true story after losing her husband to a tragic ATV accident. Rebecca drew the title from the real experience of her daughter dreaming of her father and her in heaven, which helped Rebecca regain her faith. In addition to Jen, the movie features Corbin Burnson, Jill Morrison, and T.C. Stallings. Today, Jen and I will talk about how they pulled off the unique mix of comedy, tragedy, and hope in the movie, where the faith-based film industry is heading, and as a believer in Jesus, why she is an actor, and how turning down roles open doors to work that brings hope. Jen transparently and emotionally reveals the tragedy in her own life that impacted her role of Becca, and how to find your mojo, and what the heck mojo means to Jen. From Nixon's daughter to where you are named on five Oscar nominations, plus 73 other roles, Jen. And now my daddy is in heaven. You are busy. (laughs) You are busy. Tell us about this movie. My daddy's in heaven. It's, oh, it's such a charming and fun story. But what I love about it, it's a story of real loss dealing with real hardships and then dealing with real hope. It's uh, based on an award-winning children's storybook called My Daddy is in Heaven with Jesus. And you're like, where did that name come from? (laughs) Well, 
It's a little heartbreaking story. Rebecca Crownover, she and her husband, Adam, and their daughter, AC, they had the most ideal family. At least they thought it was ideal. Everything's going forward. They're talking about having another little baby. It's July 4th, and this is a true story. Little AC, it was cold, and she says, Daddy, I need a jacket. And uh, Adam jumps on his ATV, and he leaves to get a jacket. And all of a sudden, out in the distance, you see the lights hit the air, and uh, Rebecca realized that there was an accident. And for the next several weeks, she was in the hospital. Again, true story, alongside her husband, this perfect Christian family, whatever perfect mm-hmm. Christian means, at least many people have their own ideology of what that is. And she sat by his bedside praying, knowing that God was going to heal him. She knew in her bones that's how much faith she had. And God did not heal him, and Adam died. And um, AC, her little daughter, said, where is daddy? And that's where the hardness of the heart came in. And it took a journey to figure out how do I heal this hardness of being so angry at God for letting something bad happen to good people. And that's what the entire movie My Daddy is in Heaven is about, is that journey. Now that sounds heavy, right? There's so much humor in this movie, and that's how it's it's done. But it's a really great story to be able to address any sort of topic when you have a loved one who dies, when you um, are dealing with someone close that has cancer, or if you're in that hospital room and you don't know how to enter into that conversation, even for yourself or for your little one. This movie is what you have to watch. My Daddy is in Heaven, because it will give you hope. The story is amazing. Uh, full of hope and tragedy mm-hmm. and heartbreak, but there's there's a comedic foundation to it. How did you guys pull that off? <laughs> our director Wayman Boone, uh, he's really fantastic, and our writers Joe Naser and Wayman came and did a rewrite of this story. So when you take a children's storybook, that's pictures, right? And then you turn that into a movie, that alone is its art process. So how do you add comedy into tragedy? And you take real life situation and you behave real in that real life situation. So when Rebecca, my character, her heart is broken, she doesn't know where to go except the anger, the upset, the hatred, the bitterness, the feeling of why, God, did you let this happen? I don't understand. And that search for breath caused Rebecca to leave her family looking for answers. And so the humor happens when she meets her best friend who is played by Jill Morrison, so fabulous, such a fantastic, hilarious comedic actress. And Jill is like this, woohoo, like vibrant woman who loves to to have alcohol with every aspect of every part of <laughs> life. And so like one of our scenes is like Becca comes in off the farm looking like farm into the city girl. And June's like, let's have margaritas. And she's like, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. And she's like, why can't we have margaritas? And I'm like, can I just have hot water? And she's like, 
with bourbon. So it's the comedy of two lives that are opposite of each other coming together to try to find that healing. So you see hilarious situations happening at the bar. You see uh, Becca yell and spit and tear signs off of a smelly homeless man <laughs> hitting the cop in the face. Like real life things that are like that are flipped on their head and it's it's funny it there's so many funny moments and little riley who plays ac the little girl she'll capture your heart and make you smile without even knowing because she's just so charmalicious and her name's riley st jane st john why did you want to do this role becca adams i love telling real stories yeah you're you're kind of known for that for real life roles it's, it's been a blessing. How much of Becca Adams is Jen Gotson Chandler? Mm. <laughs> Whoa, come on. You get me to cry. All right. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot in this movie that relates to uh, the tragedies that have happened in my life. And several of those scenes on screen were really hard to enter into because I just understood them so deeply, which reminds me that every person, it's universal experience, pain and hardship. And therefore, that's why I know this movie is going to be so relatable. So a lot of that character is uh, inspired by my own hardship and pain. And this is on a lighter note, because because lightness is fun and good. The end of the film, uh, there's a moment when Becca sees this officer. She, she did not light up, but for me, my eyes went and my smile went. Hee! And um, the reason why is because he's my uh, he was my fiance at the time, and we're now married. And so he plays the love interest, Jimmy Chandler, at the end of the movie. So literally, like the light is shining through my eyes like a beam, because. So you're you're future husband because you're married now i'm I'm married your now. fiance at the time played uh a, your love interest in this movie yes his name was quote i think it's nick right yeah, yeah he plays nick, nick in the movie how cool is that man i know it's is that the so, first time you guys had worked together or no we've worked on a good handful of films uh as love interests wow and in, in china and anyways a whole bunch of beautiful wonderful work we've done it's been special Christian films, faith-based films are important. And what's most important about a faith-based film today is not only the message, but the quality. This is a quality film. How important, you know, the bar has really been raised, frankly, Hallelujah. in recent years uh, with faith-based faith films. Where do you see this niche heading? <laughs> Joe, you are speaking on a passion pulse in my soul. Uh, the niche where faith-based films is heading, I believe, is towards a level of what one would say Hollywood excellence. I believe that's the call that God has on filmmakers. Why? It's because we're seeing a birthing to artistry and storytelling done dynamically and structurally accurate, like one goes to a movie theater to see a Hollywood film. You go, wow, that's awesome. Faith movies are raising the bar and it's exciting right now in 2018 because we have several of them that are 
that are that are coming out during the Easter season. My Daddy is in Heaven. I'm so excited that it comes to DVD on Amazon for people to enjoy. It's I'm excited to be a part of storytelling where we see we see this art happening and you see it on the movie set and it's awesome. As a person of faith, Jen, as a believer in Jesus Christ, from that perspective, from your faith perspective, why are you an actress? I I really desire to bring the light of Christ on screen. I feel called to be able to enter into the darkest places of the human condition and express them emotionally through the imaginative world that gets captured on a camera. So someone in the brokenness of their own home while they're drinking or dealing with whatever their hang-up might be, as they turn on a movie or it's scrolling through TV and something comes up, or they're listening to something on the air or on the internet, and all of a sudden an image pops up, and that image, they say, oh my gosh, that's me. And then if it hooks them, and then all of a sudden they see that character transition and find a space of hope and revelation, and then they turn it off, and then later on, in their subconscious or years later, something hits and says, you know what? I don't need to be living like this anymore. And then there's hope and revelation. That is my calling as an artist. And um, I pray hard. I can't do that. That That's like that, 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 but that's the wiring inside of me that the desire to be able to see media movies, inspire lives and give people real hope. What is the what is the ultimate message of my daddy is in heaven? Tragedy to triumph. Were there were there some poignant moments for you while making this movie? During the hospital scene when Rebecca has to pull the plug in essence of her husband. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um it was very painful as an actress because you're entering into a space of imagination, but it was too close to reality. I went through a really painful, very painful uh, relationship situation that many people very easily can judge one on. And that relationship, when I was abandoned, or whatever one wants to say, that divorce, and it's hard to say, because I felt so humiliated and so embarrassed and like, God, why did you allow that to happen? And I remember yelling at the mountains in Los Angeles, God, why? I tried so hard. I tried so hard to do it right. I tried so hard in counseling and therapy to be able to make this marriage work. Why? Why does he no longer love me? Why am I not valuable enough? Why? Did he give me divorce papers? Why am I not good enough? All of those things. So when the scene happened, or what the entire story was about, it hit in a space that I had a block because I didn't want to enter into that space because I had anger at God still. Because my faith is strong. That's the only way I could stay on online. And um, it was in that space, in that scene, in that hospital room where I said, God, mm. And it felt as if the Lord just met me right there, as as if God just spoke through me and said, just give it to me. 
You don't have to hold on to it anymore. You are forgiven. I died for your sins so you can be forgiven. Have grace upon yourself. You do not need to hold that you are this horrible, wretched person because you got a divorce. You don't need to hold that. You are released. I love you. Come to me. Have freedom. And it was in that space that all of a sudden I felt like I was able to forgive God, forgive myself. And um, and so with Becca's story on My Daddy's in Heaven, I related to her so dearly because of that tragedy and feeling judged. Um, Rebecca, when she was off at party land, she felt judgment from everyone because she left her daughter to find breath. She didn't physically leave her daughter, but emotionally she, she needs escape. And, um, and the triumph is, is that God comes after us. He loves us. He tells us when we come near to him, he comes near to us. It's a miracle. How does that happen? I don't know, but I do know that it's real. And he wants us to lament out to him. So if there's pain in your heart and you don't understand why God's done something, spill it to him. I remember driving on Tybee Island, leaving, and there's a storm, a big thunderstorm. And I'm yelling to God, why did you allow this to happen? And it was the lightning out in the distance going in this rain as I'm crying and sobbing at the wheel. This is real. This is my real life, not the movie. And it felt as if God, I was able to lament and just get it all out because I felt like a failure. And it wasn't until doing my daddy's in heaven that that wound start to begin getting knit. And when we have a wound, you have to bring it into the light. And then that's where the healing happens or begins to happen. It's a process. And you need people to help you with that. And my husband, Jim, he has walked alongside me through these years and and that's one thing that I, I look at the triumph is because God brought this amazing man that I feel like we are equally yoked with the same mission and the same calling. And it's so good. But I never knew I would be where I'm at in this precious relationship of marriage now with a whole new start over. Um, and that's the God, God's honest truth. And I don't think I've ever shared that anywhere. <laughs> so, um, uh, if I got a little vulnerable, that that that's that's the real. And so my daddy's in heaven has that breathed throughout the story. Do you feel grace now, Jen? Um, yes, I do. But very often I pick it up again, and my husband. He likes to look at it like a bridge. It's like it's behind you. It's over the bridge. So if we go back and pull out the crap, so say, and you're bringing it forward, that's our choice. So when moments hit in life, I do find that subconsciously I'm going back and pulling that uh, the poo-poo. <laughs> uh, the sewage. <laughs> the stinky, stinky. Back on up. And... um and so when I do that, I then feel condemnation. But the truth in the Bible, it says, is there is no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. And so my husband has helped me walk alongside, reminding me of those truths. And then I feel peace and surrendered and okay and good. And 
and loved by God because he died for me. He died for everyone. We're all sinners. We're not perfect, even though I like to try to pretend I am. <laughs> I, I, like uh, That fascinates me, to try to be perfect. And that's not at all who I am behind closed doors. This isn't exactly a, a biblical quote, but I've always heard that perfect is the enemy of great. Ooh, that's good. Perfect is the enemy of great. Because if we strive... If we're not satisfied until we're perfect, we will never allow greatness to come through. And this is a great movie. Well done, Jen. Really well done. Let's listen to a trailer right now of My Daddy is in Heaven. Y'all know me. You know my one rule about the 4th of July. If you're not planning on having fun, go Adam, you're spoiling my granddaughter as much as you are my daughter. You gotta leave me some of the fun. I'm a chance, old man. You cold pumpkin? <laughs> oh, do you want a blanket? I'll run back to the house yeah. and snag it. You, you seem to have lost your way. Becca, I don't know who you are anymore. You know what I would like you to do? Is to give me some more space. We've given you nothing but space. Please do your work. God is what gives oh, us greatness. No, don't even tell me about that. Those are just words. He took Adam from me. Sometimes I think that if I didn't ask Adam to go away, he'd still be alive. I need to get out of here. Mommy needs to take care of herself right now. And then I'm gonna come back for you. I wanna tell him that I miss him and that I love him and that I'm sorry that I was cold. This was not your fault. What happened had nothing to do with you. I want you to know I'm still here for you. You see, you're on this journey and you gotta see it through. Well, that was truly amazing what y'all did back there. I'll help that boy cross over to the other side. You're going to hurt a lot. You're going to learn a lot. But at the end of it, you're going to feel like a bottle of rain on a summer morning. Can we talk a little bit about your personal faith? Sure thing. You are a Christian, obviously. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? I grew up in a religious home, going to Catholic church, went to Catholic school, was very active, to be honest with you. I was like on the leadership team of the diocesan youth council, um, retreat leader, blah, be blue, be blah, blah, blah. Like I, I, uh, I just loved leadership roles, you know? And it wasn't until, um, I went to a retreat at Steubenville, Ohio at the San Franciscan youth center and um, pause before I go on. My relationship with God, I thought, was normal. If someone said I was a Christian, I would have said yes. If someone said, are you religious? I would have said, I, I don't know, I guess. If someone said, do you believe in Jesus? I would say yes. I would say yes to all of that. But what happened at that conference 
was a was something that physically and spiritually and emotionally happened. They said, would you like to meet someone famous? And I remember, I, I literally remember and 3,000 people saying, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't say it out loud, thank God. I did say it inside my mind. And they said, we're going to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? Tune out. And then they invited us all to kneel. Growing up Catholic, kneeling is a very common part of your ritual. And so I'm kneeling, and there's these wood chips on the ground, and they're digging in my knee, and I'm like, bah, 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 these stupid wood chips, why the heck do we have to be kneeling? And that literally was my attitude. And um, and then the, or the, the priest, they started to say, I want you to just close your eyes and to pray, and I want you to imagine that Jesus... The Son of God who loves you, he is sitting in front of you. And his arms are reached out. And he's asking you to come sit up on his lap. And I felt my soul say, turning away. I felt my face turning away. But my my heart inside of me was being pulled towards this light. And all of a sudden, I felt myself weeping as the priest said, I want you to give to Jesus anything that has caused you to feel pain. If you've done anything with your parents that's upset them, if there's anything that has happened in your in your school or your church or things that have gone wrong in your relationships, give them to Jesus. And I started to find myself welling up with this anger and hatred that I had to my parents for their way of disciplining me for my act of disobedience. But I was so ashamed and I felt myself crying and giving it to Jesus. Like, like I literally felt like this darkness of blah coming out of my, my chest soul and just giving it to Jesus. And I felt myself sobbing. And then the priest continued to say, Jesus forgave you. You are set free. You are clean. And I felt like as if I had these shackles that had been on my wrists that I didn't even know were all of a sudden released. And that anger that I had in my heart to my mom and my dad was lifted out. It was as if a hand went into my soul and took it because I gave it to Jesus. And I found myself sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I remember standing up and I felt free. I felt free. And so it's easy. Jesus just says, give it to me. Whatever you are carrying that's causing you pain, causing you hurt, causing you anger, jealousy, bitterness, envy, sloth, give it to Jesus. He will take it and heal you. And that's where I felt a transformation in my mind, body, and spirit. I stood up and I, I had joy in my eyes. And this lady, I was like, what happened to me? And Teresa Hello was her name. She goes, she grabbed my hands and she goes, this is Jesus. She said, Jen, this is Jesus. Wow. And from that point on, when I would read the Bible, it was like I was reading stories of my friend that I was learning about. And so my life, that happened, that change happened in, when I was 17. And, and it's a part of my daily moment to moment in the midst of pain. 
And it's uh, that's how I came to really know Jesus. And when I went through the divorce, Jesus appeared to me during a fast for several days, healing and speaking life into the lies of my heart because I didn't feel like I was beautiful because my husband wasn't attracted to me. And Jesus kept saying, you are beautiful because you're fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. And if you look in Psalms, that's in the scriptures. I, he said, I want you to take your wedding ring off and I want you to put on my ring. And I put on a ring and Jesus says, you are my bride. I am your groom. I will lead you. I will never forsake you. You, I felt so alone. He says, you are not alone. I am with you. And so that relationship started when I was 17 and it's continued. Um, sometimes I hear the Lord close and sometimes he's far and he's far when I rebel and push him away. When I get angry, like what we see in the movie, my daddy's in heaven, which is why I can relate to the character Becca. As a, as an actress, how difficult is it to maintain your faith and maintain your sense of integrity? What is that process like being a, being an actress in Hollywood? Yeah. Um, it can be a hard road, but it also doesn't have to be. A hard road because you have to say no to some projects that can open up what one would call stardom or call fame. Because if you are doing like the cool TV show or the cool movie that has all these big fan ratings and everyone watches, but the content is not good, in my heart's barometer, I know that I, I don't feel comfortable adding in to the culture of humanity of stuff that I don't think is good for the soul. Healthy, I should say, healthy for the soul. So turning down roles um, has caused me to lose an agent, a big agent. Um, and then as a result, God has opened up movies and stories that I've been a part of that speak to the wiring inside of me, which is these dark human interest stories that bring hope, um, like Doonby, like love different God's country, those, those types of stories. And I wouldn't be a part of those stories if I was part of mainstream Hollywood. Do I desire to be a part of mainstream Hollywood? I'd love to be in movies like the blind side or on movies on Hallmark that are reaching out to masses. Sometimes the faith movies, um, that the market is limited. Um, and why is it limited is because a lot of times the marketing money, you don't have the money behind a movie to get, the information out to the consumer as mainstream Hollywood, you have that. So that's, I think my biggest struggle as an artist is the thirst and the desire to be on your big movies. Like my husband, God is opening doors in his life. He was on stranger things. He's, he's recurring on the quad, um, AMC's new show lodge 49 and God's on the investigation discovery channel. You could see him on, I think 10 shows now. God is blowing life into Jim's, Jimmy, my, my husband's world in television, but God's direction in my world is in faith movies. And so that's where I know that God has me there. And, and, and that's where my heart is, is to be able to use these stories to minister to people. Finally, as, as we wrap up, Jen, what would you say to that person that is 
right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God. You got to find your mojo. What the heck is mojo? One M. To believe that you are a magnificent masterpiece. O, that's called to be obedient to the calling, that wiring, that passion inside of you. When you become a joyful giver of those talents that you uniquely have and possess, and you owe, the last O, have an open heart, and renew your mind daily that you are a treasured possession, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. With that open heart, you may encounter the miracle that God gave us through the nativity, and that's his son Jesus. I don't think we can say anything more than that. The movie is My Daddy is in Heaven. Jen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Hey, on Faith's Edge. It's awesome, Joe. Thank you for what you're doing. And everyone out there, you're good. Look in the mirror and smile. It makes you feel good <laughs> even if you, you don't want to. Somehow smiling releases those endorphins, and it's good. It's good to smile. God bless you, Jen. Thanks. My Daddy is in Heaven is available at Amazon.com. If you want to know more about Jen, I'll put all of her social media links in the show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 95. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 95. Next show, I speak with hilarious comedian Darren Streblow. We'll talk about being a clean comedian, his personal struggles with faith, and how he describes his relationship with goodness and sin is absolutely spot on. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much to Jen Godson Chandler for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. Do you realize, Joe, your ministry? We sometimes get wrapped up in our moment of our world. Yeah. God's using you to communicate out content, to speak and touch people's lives. It's pretty amazing. It is. pretty amazing. Uh, When you get feedback about how a person's person's interview forced them to have a conversation with their father or a person's interview drew them back to God and therefore their family back to God is something, um, it's something amazing. I can't, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Thank you for the comment. It means a lot to me. It really does. Really does. Praise God.